Hello and welcome to the Talk of Tonawana. This is our introductory podcast episode all about the city of Tonawana and our canal community. I'm Frank and I have here with me my co-host, Carl Nocera, and we're going to be talking with civic leaders, business owners, organizations, and we're going to do these podcasts on a regular basis, at least once a month, and they're about 30 minutes each. And in each episode, we're going to spend about 10 minutes interviewing somebody from the local community and then informing you on the news and views all around our Canal City. Well, Carl, this is actually kind of an interesting time to uh, start doing these podcasts. We've had a lot that's happened. I'm looking over at my wall here, and I can see that uh, I still have the March 2020 calendar up when the 17th came around and everything came to a stop. But things are starting to reopen. we got the Senior Center has actually finally reopen and it actually has some hours and some stuff going on. Absolutely, Frank. And what's going on at the Senior Center uh, this month alone is besides the traditional Tuesday card parties and exercise uh, functions that they have uh, going on, they have yoga on, I believe it's going to be Fridays this uh, this month. Uh, we have a big lasagna dinner that's coming up that you would even probably enjoy, Frank. Oh, you're you're a big lasagna, lasagna, Frank. Oh, I am a fan of lasagna. What well, do you got going on for lasagna? The lasagna dinner is going to be on January 31st. Dinner's at 5 p.m. Tickets are $9. And you can pick them up right there at the Senior Center. And opening for the Senior Center is generally about 9.30 in the morning. So if you get there, uh, pick up your tickets. Unfortunately... They're not doing any walk-ins or call-ins. You're going to have to have your ticket and reservation in advance. So they're open Monday through Friday right now. So about 9.30 in the morning, you can start lining up and get your tickets. But, of course, uh, being COVID responsible, we want a mask and social distance. So that's some great stuff. They've got a, actually a calendar that they put out every month that you have a copy of here. What are some of the other things they got scattered on there? Well, let's see. Of course, you know, you're known as Twinkle Toes Corbett, so we've got line dancing at 11 a.m. every Monday. Uh, you know, when you're not dancing around, you could be playing euchre, sit down, how about a pool league, card playing at 5, uh, body workouts to keep yourself in shape on Tuesdays. Uh, and for the most sedentary folks among us, uh, we've got the scrapbook and coloring. There's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy my scrapbook and coloring. <laughs> So do I, but I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, like bragging upon my scrapbooking skills. Listen, I've got my crayons on the table and my scissors at the ready at every moment. <clears throat> How are you at wee bowling, Frank? Uh, you know, I have not wee bowled in such a long time, I could not even recall. Well, that's on Fridays at 11 a.m. over at the Senior Center here in Tonawanda. So wee bowling. Wee bowling. You have those two little controllers in your hand and take a step forward and throw it at the imaginary pins that have been... Projected onto the uh, big screen TV that they have there now. Now we're uh, we're over here at the uh, Western New York Adult Continuing Education Center here, and we are actually in the old Clinton School, overlooking our lovely gazebo here in Clinton Park. And there's those bocce ball courts have been uh, taken apart. I guess they're being rebuilt. I know a lot of seniors enjoy that. And uh, you are also our second ward alderman. What's going on with the bocce ball courts? Are we going to get those things back together? Yes. Yes. The uh, Parks and Recreation Department has uh, dismantled them for good reason. Uh, the surface itself was beginning very warm with that old indoor-outdoor carpeting. It was the old-style indoor-outdoor carpeting, and it was getting kind of threadbare. And, of course, when you're playing bocce, the old Italian traditional uh, game, you need to have a perfect surface uh, to roll 
and score your points. Being an Italian-American, are you a uh, bocce fanatic yourself? I, I have generated many, many points for a league that I used to belong to many years ago. We used to play over at the Oakland Park in Williamsville. So I have not played at the bocce courts here in the uh, city of Tonawanda. I would like to, as soon as they're put together. Maybe I will be there at the ribbon cutting and open them up. Any idea on when that's going to be, or is that kind of a weather-dependent type it's thing? looking at April or May is what we're hoping for. As soon as they can get the, uh, the wood uh, procured, get them in place, and pave those two strips again with the uh, asphalt parking uh, lot material, it's kind of the same. I believe this is going to have a little more of like a rubbery surface to it, a little more easier on the feet, and... Uh, then, of course, we have to paint the lines and open it up and get the benches back in place. Hopefully, we can get some new benches over there. That'll be nice. Yeah. That'll be very nice. Now, you also have, uh, and I have, we have our hands in a couple of different organizations. You and I joined about the same time with the uh, City of Tonawana Volunteer Fire Department. Yes. it's uh, It's been a couple of years. A couple, uh, couple of years, yes. Okay. I, I have pictures when I used to have uh, dark black hair when I joined uh, 31 years ago, but... Nonetheless, it has uh, has gotten a little bit of silver in it right now. So uh, just just a wee bit, just oh, a wee bit, just uh, stylish and distinguished amount Dis of distinguished is is a great word for that. Frank. Yes. So uh, you know the volunteer fire department, uh, as as all volunteer organizations across the country, volunteerism is really down quite a bit. There's been some changes. We have, you know. Uh, Moms and dads are both working, and uh, you know, kids are uh, involved in after-school activities, and and there's not a lot of volunteerism going on. I know that uh, our own fire department here has always been looking for volunteers. Right, and one of the one of the misconceptions, of course, about being a, a volunteer firefighter is that there is only room for uh, folks, men and women, to fight fires. But we know that's not true. There's other skill sets and there's other roles to play in the volunteer fire organization that are badly needed. Uh, nowadays, um, you might not even get near a structure fire or an accident scene, but you will still be part of the volunteer service in the, in the city of Tonawanda. Um, we have the rehab unit, we have fire police is there. Fire, fire police to help control the traffic, uh, which is very important because uh, our volunteer firemen and, and our professional firemen here in the city, they need that room to operate uh, safely and effectively. And when a street or an intersection needs to be shut down for whatever reason, the fire police are a very important uh, part of that crew. We also have the youth aspect. We have an explorer post over at the fire department, and they're actually pretty active. They do a lot of cool stuff. Yes, for the younger uh, folks in the uh, community. I believe they start at age uh, 15. I believe that is the age. 15 to 17, uh, 18 is their age group. And they learn rudimentary uh, skill sets. They learn how to follow direction. Uh, and they also uh, have a great leader who helps them out when they're going on a, on a fire scene to observe. And we also uh, have practice sessions for them and training sessions for them. And it's, it's a great way for them to be involved in a, in a great organization and, and learn some some really cool skills, uh, especially, you know, social interaction being one of those things that you stay under a lot of pressure, especially with the, uh, the bane and the benefit of social media. 
So if you're interested in joining into the Volunteer Fire Department or the Explorer Post, just stop by 44 William Street. That's fire headquarters here in the city of Tonawanda. Uh, make sure that you're masked up. Just ring the bell at the front door, and uh, you'll be able to pick up an application for that. Uh, we've got so many different things happening in the city of Tonawanda as far as, you know, the upcoming summer we have. There's this new pavilion that's almost... Uh, uh, completed. That's the new Canal Street, and we've got the bike path from the Ralph Wilson Foundation. They completed that, but we got lots of lots of cool things that are opening up. Well, Frank, one of the proposals that we uh, received at the Common Council uh, late last year was uh, a Girl Scout, uh, Paige Ben, uh, put together a proposal uh, for a City of Tonawanda uh, dog park over at uh, Eastern Park. Uh, she did an awful lot of homework on it. She did a lot of studies on it. She put together a wonderful presentation uh, about a dog park in the city of Tonawanda. She did a map. She did a, uh, a survey, how many people in her survey owned a dog, how many people would be willing to travel uh, to the dog park. Uh, she wanted to locate it by the bike path. It's not in a residential area. There's plenty of trees for shade. And it would be a great addition uh, for the community. And it's also going to be ADA compliant, so which is very important um, for that dog park to exist. Uh, we don't know uh, cost uh, estimates yet. Uh, we're looking at providing fencing uh, from local fence vendors uh, to, you know, to enclose it. Uh, of course, trash cans, trash bags, um, gravel, water stations for the dogs. Uh, it's going to be a very nice place if it comes to fruition. Uh, the only thing the city would be probably responsible for is the initial startup costs, and it looks like uh, the normal costs of you know the grass cutting and keeping it uh, at, at least habitable. Uh, they're going to have a small dog area and a large dog area or a all dog area, as some uh, dog parks uh, usually have. Because not all dogs play well with each other, so no, it some space. <clears throat> no, and that, and, that, and that really is important because some dogs are more uh, friendly with other dogs and, and other dogs just want to maintain their own space and just run around, which is fine. Well, we understand that, um, but that is a wonderful, wonderful proposal that the City of Tonawata Council received uh, late last year from uh, Paige Ben. Now, that's uh, Eastern Niagara Park. That's the one that's off of Fillmore Avenue. It is correct, yes. And it's a beautiful park. And they also have right now a, a beautiful little playground in front with all new games and things to do. Merry-go-round. Uh, there's a couple slides. There's a little climbing wall. Uh, there's a singular uh, slide in itself. It runs on a track. Beautiful place. I've, I've actually used the kayak launches that are there. There's a lot of stuff in our, our park fronts that people may not be aware of. We have the phone charging stations that are solar powered that run along uh, the Niagara River. Uh, matter of fact, if you have an electric vehicle, you may not be aware of it, but there's a couple of electric vehicle charging stations that are in the upper lot at City Hall, uh, just above that large band shelf. Right, it, that's right by the uh, city clerk's uh, drive-up window. It's off to the left. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of concerns where we're more aware now about health and uh, cleanliness and so forth and maintaining our conditions. And there's a lot of different things you can do. You may not be aware of it either, but the fire department during regular hours does uh, free blood pressure screenings. And again, if you mask up and, and go to 
44 William there at the front door, uh, they will be able to give you a blood pressure screening. Of course, make sure that you're healthy uh, before you go. This is just for, for routine type maintenance. And they uh, also have offerings for CPR and first aid. And uh, they'll actually even come by to community organizations and give lectures on fire prevention and safety and, and a lot of other things um, that you may find very interesting to do. Now, we have, uh, we have some... Uh, COVID testing kits that the mayor's going to be here shortly, and we're going to talk about the distribution that's coming up uh, this Thursday, the 13th, and we'll have more information on that. Carl, you have some other things going on here. We have uh, some other events that are happening. What do you got there? Right. Well, I just want to advertise, you know, give a shout out for the junior class at uh, City of Tonawanda Youth Board. They're going to be having a meat raffle. And that's going to be held on February 12th at the Frontier Volunteer Fire Banquet Hall. And the address is 2176 Liberty Drive in Niagara Falls. So it's not too far right down River Road. It's probably a five-minute drive down River Road. Uh, tickets are going to be $10 each, which is a bargain, because they're going to be providing uh, beverages for you. It doesn't specify what kind of beverages, but it's a fire hall. So Will there be bacon? Will there be bacon? Well, Frank, I can assure you there will probably be a few pounds of bacon at this meat raffle. If, if there is bacon, uh, I and fans of bacon everywhere should be there. Probably some nice tenderloins and some T-bones. Can they be wrapped in bacon? They, everything can be wrapped in bacon, Frank. It, I like the way you think. everything better. So uh, what, what day is it again? It's going to be Saturday, February 12th. And the doors open at 6 p.m. And, of course, the first spin is going to be at 7 p.m. Uh, and they're asking you to bring your own snacks and coolers. Now, what would you put in a cooler would be up to your imagination. Bacon. Bacon. Mine would contain bacon. Because you want to keep your bacon cool until you get home. Now, we're doing all this distance stuff, so they have an email address for you to uh, get the tickets from oh, ahead absolutely. of time. So I'll, I'll uh, spell it out. I'll say it. It's going to be C-O-T, Youth Board. All one C O T Y O U T H B O A R D at gmail.com. I unfortunately do not have a phone number for them, but if you reach out to the City of Tanawata Youth Board, I'm sure that they will be able to provide you with some more information about that meat raffle that is going to be February 12th, which is about a month from now, approximately. So that, that is another thing that I, I, I really want to encourage people to do is support our local youth groups. You know, there's uh, a lot of traditions that ended uh, during the advent of COVID, and, and for good reason. And one of them, and I might be jumping in a little bit early on this, of course, our annual Canal Fest, a tradition that goes back close to a century. And there's there's not a whole lot of talk about are we going to have a canal fest this year? How is it changing? And what what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think do you think we're ready to start up with the canal fest? Again? I believe that the canal fest committee on both sides of the canal, from North Tonawana and the city of Tonawana, have met, and they're in preliminary uh, discussions right now with uh, the various uh, community groups, the canal fest society, uh, the police departments, fire departments, the mayors. Uh, just trying to get a feel for where they stand right now. Of course, with all the new construction and expansions of parks on both sides 
of the canal over the past couple of years. We don't know where the actual canal fest might be held. The footprint of it is it's constantly changing. It's in flux. We've heard it could be at Gretwood Park. We hear it could be on the Manhattan Street parking lot in, in North Tonawanda. We hear it could be over here in, in our park along the river. Um, we're not sure. It's, uh, it's, it's in flux. But as we get closer to getting some more information, I'm sure that uh, we could discuss it and possibly have somebody here from one of the Canal Fest uh, Society members or from the board and have them in here for a, a brief uh, Q&A. We would like those individuals to attend and, and help uh, get the word out and share that information. Right. I mean, there's a lot of volunteer organizations that relied upon that for their fundraising, uh, as well as, well as uh, private individuals that were doing uh, the art show and, and the flea markets and so on. So it's a, a significant event that's uh, that's well missed, but it takes so much to coordinate it behind the scenes. There are a lot of people that work on that project, and it takes it takes a year from... The time that Canal Fest closes on Sunday, they're back uh, planning next year's on Monday again. We miss the parade, we miss the car show, we miss the art show, we miss, you know, the flea market that is held. Um, it's just such a huge event for both cities, um, and a lot of people either plan their vacations to come here during that time, to come back home for the Canal Fest a week, or there's a lot of people that plan on leaving during that week because of, you know, the, the possible uh, disruptions that might happen. But we know the businesses, you know, see the positive and negative of it, and I think they need to take all of that into account when they're playing a Canal Fest. Whether it be a shortened variety, go to a three-day event, a four-day event, that all remains to be seen. No one is really sure about that right now. Well, it's missed, and I know that the uh, women and men working behind the scenes on that Canal Fest committee always have their hands full, and that's... Uh, they're the heroes behind the scenes that make it all happen, and none of it would happen without it, those It takes an awful lot. Uh, you know what? Uh, we, we've looked at some changes here in, in Main Street and over the bridge there in Webster. Now we, we seem to have this continuous run of uh, new and established businesses that are, are progressing along that entire corridor. Uh, we have events that are coming up, of course, in the theater in North Tonawanda, and uh, one of the very popular uh respite spots it was over on webster street that closed during covid i noticed yesterday it was reopened under new names uh, we have uh, new stores like empire boards and bikes is out there i know we have our deli here on main street which has become very very popular uh, there's other business development going on in the city and especially up at the old spalding area can you Share with us a little bit, Carl, some of the stuff going on there. I mean, it seems like that uh, property is starting to get uh, bought up and starting to be occupied and, and, and uh, take some old space and turn it into some cool stuff. Yeah, uh, fortunately, uh, we have so much interest uh, recently um, on the Spalding uh, Business Park that we've got another individual who is stepping forward and who is... Uh, actively looking to have uh, a letter of intent to buy uh, four acres of land up at uh, Spalding Park. Um, I don't think I'm at liberty to divulge who it is yet because the letter of intent has not been signed, but I can tell you that uh, we're all excited on the Common Council to uh, sign off, have Mayor 
white sign off on another uh, purchase of four acres up there. And probably it's going to be full very, very soon. Uh, they're buying little chunks and pieces of it right now at a rapid rate. And uh, we're excited about that. There's other developments that have uh, come to fruition in the city of Tonawanda. We're looking forward to uh, Fillmore Avenue, 2040, 60 Fillmore Avenue uh, being developed by the Karuba Group. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, the opening of the apartments over at Parkview Apartments. Uh, they're, they're rapidly wrapping up right now. Uh, they're getting uh, pretty much all the mechanicals uh, finished up and uh, they'll probably be leasing, if not now, very, very soon on getting that done. So as you look around your city, uh, the only thing that remains kind of open is Little League Drive. And we're waiting for that development to uh, get some shovels in the ground up there and, and have that happening as well. That's a lot of incredible things that are going on. I want to touch back on uh, the Senior Center real quick. If, if you are of the, uh, as I and Carl are, uh, settling into our silvering years and, and looking for, for more activities to do as we uh, go into the rest of our lives here, our senior center is actually located in a very, very cool spot. It um, is very, very centrally located for their seniors to uh, to go there and experience everything around there. There's two banks. There's two pharmacies. There's uh, half a dozen different restaurants within walking distance, both in here and Webster Street. Uh, the laundromat. Um, there's a, a, a CBD vendor. There's there's uh, all the, the antique and knick-knack shops, and, and there's even a place uh, where you can go see uh, Sean, and uh, he will uh, set you up as far as art lessons and things. Just really neat stuff going on. Now, I believe I saw a senior van rolling down the street the other day. You do have a senior van for seniors 60 and over. I believe it's a minimal cost to, uh, to take it, take you somewhere to go shopping or to a, a medical appointment if, if need be, and uh, they'll come back and pick you up. I think it's a two-way trip. So it's very, very helpful for our seniors that can't get out and drive. And I know uh, that you have a peace of mind of either having, you know, mom or dad or your uh, aunt or uncle, you know, get on that senior van. They're going to arrive safely and they're going to be escorted, you know, like out of the van and helped in and out. So they're not going to have any trouble with that. So it's, it's a wonderful service that they provide. And we're looking forward to expanding that possibilities as well. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to have Mayor John White from the city of Tonawana Mayor's Office uh, paying us a visit. And we're going to talk about what's happening here locally with Mayor White and give you some updates. So stick around. All right. And we are back to our next segment. And we are joined by Mayor John White. John, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Frank, I appreciate it. It's great to be with you. Well, you know, barely two weeks into your first term, and your plate is more than full. Your cup is running over. How, how are things going along? How are you holding up with all this? Well, the terminology I use, Frank, is I showed up the next day. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. It's, uh, I love working with people, and uh, most of the people that I'm running into at the city level and other levels want to do what's best for the city. And so I'm, I'm making some great relationships and uh, that's what I'm doing right now, organize, organizing myself, my team, um, networking, and that's pretty much uh, what we're doing right now. And 
no small feat. I, again, just just uh, barely in the door, and now you have a COVID nineteen test distribution coming up, and that's been going on in some other areas, and some smoothly and some not so smoothly. But that's uh, that's actually coming up Thursday on the thirteenth. Uh, Frank, it is. It's Thursday night from five to seven, and uh, we're asking the people to come up uh, from uh, Fletcher, uh, heading towards Two Mile Creek. The entrance will be that way versus uh, uh, coming from west to east. We only want one way. The streets will be blocked off. We're working with the uh, uh, police department, with uh, Chief uh, uh, Strasburg. We're working with the uh, police department, the fire department, working with the fire police, um, the common council. It's a networking of uh, efforts, uh, communication. You don't just throw this together. Uh, There has been conflicts with North Tonawanda's, Town of Tonawanda's, and what I want to do is not make those mistakes. We know there's going to be glitches. It's going to happen, um, but we're hoping they're small ones. And we learn from there because this team that we put together, of these professionals, we are going to go forward to the second one, to the third one. This COVID is not going away. These tests will help and assist uh, families. Oh, my gosh. My daughter's not feeling well. My son's got a cough, a fever. He's not getting out of bed. My husband, whatever it is, take those tests and utilize them. But be under the understanding that those tests, okay, have a delivery date. Okay, it expires. Some expire in end of February. Some we got, the red ones, are expiring at the end of July. So it's very important, like anything else you buy at the store, read the label. It's very, very important. Uh, read the label because some of them expire. I don't want people to hoard them. If you need them, use them. Uh, we originally started out with uh, uh, 600, and uh, we now have about 1,600. So we are actually going to give away two sets or two kits per family and 10 masks. Now, those are the N95 the masks, The N95s, that's what we're doing. We were giving 8,000 of them. So if we can give 10 per family because you're going to use them pretty quick. Sometimes they get dirty, sometimes they fall, sometimes they get messed up a little bit. So they're going to get two test kits, and in those test kits, there are actually two tests in each kit. So in a sense, they're getting four tests, which are two boxes, and they're going to get 10 of the uh, uh, N95 masks. And th- that's a great start for us. And this all comes in as directive of the uh, Erie County uh, Department of Health. So uh, we have to distribute them. We want to get rid of them. And then uh, next time they give them out, we will be ready, and the same team will gather again. And then what we'll do is go to the next site, which will be hopefully the same location up at the school. Uh, Superintendent Oldenburg uh, worked with us, and uh, we appreciate and thank him for the lot. And uh, there's just a lot of thank yous to go out. It's a, it is a real group effort. And uh, I, I thank the whole team and everybody that put this together. So uh, thank yous go out, go out all over the place. It is a huge undertaking, and as you said, it's it's going to be the first, most likely, of several of these things as we yeah. continue through this, oh, I call it the COVID culture. We're not done, Frank. This thing is not going away, and there's new strains all the time. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better. We just ask everybody, be safe and be smart. Now, behind you on the wall, I actually have the calendar from 2020 uh, as I was doing some training here at our uh, training center. Um, and I see that uh, it started on March 17th. All of a sudden, all my classes got canceled back in 2020. It's been a long time. We're coming up on two years now. And 
you're inheriting this as you come in. Uh, so there's there's been some groundwork that's been laid as far as you know infection control and, and community and so on. There are a lot of concerns coming in. Everybody's worried about tax dollars and so forth. Um, certainly, you have some some thoughts and some guidelines and some processes that you're following as we go forward to deal with this. You know, there there was one of my first concerns was one doctor was given two days before they get the results. Another place says I got four days before I get the results, and there was inconsistency, and I wanted. Something consistent, something uniformity, what I can say, we're going to go to the same location. So I got together with Brighton and Eggert Pharmacy, which will give us a 24-hour turnaround. And everybody got a memo from the mayor's office that all employees are recommended. They don't have to. If they want to go to their own place. But they're recommended to go to the pharmacy at the uh, um, Brighton and Eggert. And what that does, Frank, it, it does a couple of things. city pays for it. We're going to get reimbursed through COVID money down the road, but the city pays for it. So this way, all your employees, you know, and they are speaking the same language. Okay, somebody tests positive in your family. What do I do? Well, I need to get tested. You're not coming to work. I don't want to see you at work because you may get other people infected. Go directly to, they go, say they're from the city of Tatawanda. They go get tested. They come out negative. Okay, they're already vaccinated. They come back to work. They don't have any symptoms. They test positive, they're off for five days, and it's paid, okay? Then what happens is, at the end of the five days, if you're showing no symptoms, you can go back to work. So it's a process, but we all have to be doing the same thing, and that's the problem I had. Uh, like I said, this is all new. Everybody was helter-skelter all over. I just wanted to bring some professionalism and unity and some some type of regulatory regulation type things we're all following, and it's working. Uh, there's going to be some people falling through the cracks. I apologize for that when it happens and before it happens. Um, but I think overall it was a good decision. I'm getting some good feedback from the department heads. And uh, I just hope that uh, people don't abuse it. And uh, just, do you need to go every week for a test? It depends. How do you feel? My first concern has to be for the employee. Now, I talked to all the union heads, uh, all the department heads, Every day I am on the phone with these people because I care about the employee first. If the employee is healthy and the employee gets tested and com comes back to work, he or she works. They work, the job gets done. It's a win-win situation for the city and for the employee. If they're sick, stay home. Okay. If you're showing signs, any symptoms of cold, nausea, headaches, it's just so tough, Frank, because it's flu season. Right. Okay. So go get tested. Go get tested. And that's what we're recommending. And I, I think overall we're getting some good response. And uh, um, I'm looking for input from employees, from, uh, from all the department heads, and I'm getting it. And also from the uh, union representatives, which I am getting. And that's what you need. You can't do this. One person can't say it's my way or the highway. I need input, and I need somebody to work with me. And they're all working together now. So I'm happy with it so far. Uh, it's, it is a small city. We're on a finite budget, which means we're also on finite staffing. We don't have extra police and extra firefighters and extra paramedics or extra municipal workers. I mean, uh, if the DPW goes down and we don't have our streets clean and, and the garbage pickup and the recycling done for a week, oh my gosh, the, the, the chaos that would cause. Well, that's true. But, you know, once you think of distribution of these kits... You gotta look outside the box, and what you gotta look at is what about the people that are homebound? 
So we thought about that, and what we did is we put together, you know, give the mayor's office a call, call City Hall, and if you are homebound, truly homebound, you can't get out, we will find a way to get a kit to your house. And what I'm hoping to do is uh, work in the different wards and maybe have the councilmen or different people, uh, council presidents helping out a lot. Uh, we're going to get those kits to you. We've got a list right now, two days of doing it, actually three days. We are up to about 40. Now, homebound, you mean homebound. those who can't get out, not those who say, ah, I don't feel like it now. Well, I'm trying to differentiate between that. I want to be very polite <laughs> and very diplomatic at the same time, show empathy that, okay, are you really homebound? Well, do you need it? Because there are people that really do. And that's all we want to make sure that we're going to get to those individuals that, uh, that may need it. And uh, I think we've got 40 right now. And uh, I'd like to see just the people who are homebound uh, need it. Uh, people are on oxygen, people that can't move, uh, that type of thing. We will find a way to get it. If I have to deliver myself, we will get it there. Now that it's uh, COVID, it obviously is a big topic and it continues to unfold. It's, it's always, the only guarantee is that it's guaranteed to be here and continue to be ever-changing. Speaking of ever-changing, the, the face of the city of Tonawanda, as far as uh, development and and different uh, new venues appearing that are, are municipal. A lot of things going on. Uh, let's go up to the uh, the, the Spalding uh, area, and we have we have cat that's up there. I was by there the other day. The building's beautiful, but there's other people chomping at the bit for that property. Can you tell us anything about those? Yeah, we've got uh, uh, Polini Enterprises. Uh, uh, Joe, he's looking at some acreage up. Another one looking at another four acres up there. There's another uh, next to the uh, um, opposite across the street looking for about another four acres. We've got East Niagara we're working on. We've got uh, Fillmore we're working on. Uh, we've got 77 uh, Main Street, which is the old uh, uh, smoke on the wall. Things are moving. But then we also have responsibility of the empty buildings we have, too. I don't want to forget about them because we also would like to fill them. We're trying to fill and do all this stuff at a COVID time when it's hard for people even to find workers. So it's not going to happen overnight. It's not a simple process. But summertime, we've got to, and we need to make Young Street a destination. Now that the park is just about built, and the pavilion is just about done, and there will be a stage inside there, you know, I've got meetings this week and all next week with a lot of different organizations that want to come in and do some fun things for the city. Can you give us a... Preview of some know, of these things. Even, uh, not even a pre. What would you like to see there? You know, I mean, I imagine that thing being a, a fun thing. You can do movies under there. Weather won't be a factor for kids on the weekends. You can do. Uh, you can do a farmers market. You got the food truck Thursdays. You can do. There's so many things you can do with that. Uh, and non for profits can set up their wear and, and get rid of some product and help out with some finances. Uh, I don't want to forget about the non for profits either. But we can do the same thing down at the band shelter. I want to start filling that up, too, because, again, the Niagara River is a gorgeous asset that we have. The Erie Canal is a beautiful... How much access do you know that you can go and walk right up to the water to Niagara River? There's not much. It's rocks. It's liability. I, I could fall and crack my head open. I'm a fisherman. The dock is a very small dock. I would like to see, and I met with the Grants people the other day, I would like to see more access to the water. Okay, with protruding docks going out maybe five feet and go down maybe 40 feet in two di three different locations. Right now, beside the one by the band shelter, the only access we have is when you put your boat in the water. That's it. Now, there's, there's going to be people listening who are going to go, okay, well, John White, okay, he got elected mayor, and, and who is he now? Uh, 
I got to learn about you because of an activity that you had. It was the uh, Saturday before Father's Day. You were doing a uh, youth fishing derby and, and, and other things. For those that haven't met you, those that haven't heard about it, and you've been the guy behind the scenes on a lot of stuff, but never, never up in the public eye. Tell us a little bit about John White. Well, the John White doesn't accomplish those things without a nice group of adults have the same mindset and do something for the children or the kids or the community or the people working with the uh, the adults through uh, the uh, uh, food pantries and the clothes closets. But I found a nice group of adults, and I give them all the credit because uh, they work very hard. I don't see them all year until that event would come about a week before we get together. And it runs itself. It runs itself. But... Our goal was to get kids out of the house, away from their computers, introduce them to the beautiful Niagara River in our backyard. It's not a competition. We called it a tournament, but it wasn't. The gifts were given away by pulling their numbers out. Uh, we had uh, thousands and thousands of dollars, probably nine, ten thousand dollars worth of fishing equipment donated each year to us. That was successful due to networking, rubbing your elbows with the Rapala, Blue Fox, Storm, uh, Garcia, all those different fishing outfits all through the country. And how you get to them is you take pictures of 500 people at the award ceremony and ship it out to all the competitors. And I got phone calls back saying, who the heck are you? Why did you go over my head and send this to my boss? Because you're not involved with this event. It's a good event, and you should be. And they were from then forward. And that's that you get the power and the numbers. And that's how we did it. And it worked very, very well. And the same thing with the uh, Rockin' with Santa. It's a good program to help people. and uh, But it's all through a great nucleus of adults. Their kids are out of school. They're in college, out of college, married. What do I do with myself? Come on, we've got something for you. There's a lot out there to do. And that's how it spreads. You know, it, it's just, a, it's, a, it's contagious. And it really is. And I don't mean to use this, but once you come to that derby, you're hooked. You know, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, I'm serious. I mean, I, these guys and gals that help out, God bless them. And they're and rocking with Santa, which just ended in December. Uh, again, you know, we're helping out 120 families that are in need, that are in need. And then the county's saying we shouldn't do it because of COVID. And, you know, we worked around it, worked with Bernstein downtown, and then uh, we made the event happen. I'm not going to let the kids can't go to school, can't play with friends due to COVID. Now you tell them Santa's not coming. Yeah, but on top of everything else, I mean, there's, there's enough studies done no, about the no. psychological impact of the, the remote learning and so on. And we have a great group of caring adults in this city. This city is probably, we're considered low income. We are. We're considered low income compared to Grand Island and Lockport and uh, Lancaster and Clarence. But I'll tell you what, the city of Tonawanda has the biggest hearts I ran fundraisers all over this area and all over Orchard Park and Boston and different places helping other individuals that are in need, and the biggest money comes out of Tawanda. Why? Because we have big hearts. We don't have the money, but boy, we'll open up our wallets. We have, uh, as you mentioned, so many different venues here in the city of Tawanda that, that bring in people, everything from the fireworks over the river and Canal Fest and uh, occasionally we have like the Philharmonic down at the band shell. And, you know, things have been shut down for a couple of years, obviously. Are there things happening now where 
tentatively, we're going to see things like that reopen. Uh, Carl and I were talking earlier about Canal Fest, and we know that there's meetings going on, but there's changing faces of things. But what do, what do you hope to see coming back into the seat of Tonawanda, uh, and maybe some new things as far as that that public entertainment and that that uh, uh, family and community atmosphere? The one thing COVID taught us, Frank, is the fact: don't stop. Make them tell us we have to stop. So we're planning the band shelter. We're planning the concerts. We're planning Clinton Park, the acoustics. We're planning acoustic and nicer venues, all different venues, country, rock, different things down at the uh, uh, Young Street. We're planning on having these things going. We're working through Gateway. Gateway's planning to do the same thing. I will be attending Gateway uh, concerts and Gateway uh, Harbor meetings. Again, to be aware of what's going on, let them know what we're doing. Uh, and if we work together, we're going to fill these venues and make it a very fun summer. How uh, how do you feel is the best way to help promote these things but still keep within the safe zone with COVID? I mean, are there plans and, and processes underway to help with, as far as, you know, masking and social distancing? Masking is easy when you're up close, but social distancing at a concert and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of logistics involved here. There is, but you know what? The best way to stay out of trouble with that is let Erie County tell us what we, at that time, what we need to do to protect ourselves. We have to rely on New York State, Erie County, uh, Department of uh, the Health Department. We have to. Once they come up, remember when it was, if you had COVID, you were out 10 days. And then it went to five days. I mean, things change constantly. So do I anticipate more changes before summer? Oh, my gosh, yes. Maybe to the better. I don't know. But we are going to plan these events and make COVID stop us. Erie County, let us know what we can and can't do. Remember, we're funded a lot through Erie County and New York State. So we want to stay in the guidelines, but we also want to care about liability and people. We care about people. Look what happened with one of our very, very dear council people. You know, we don't want to spread this. We do not want people uh, to get hurt by this. So to continue in the way we're doing, we plan on doing it. Let's see what Mother Nature or COVID has uh, to say about it. Now, you, you just touched on that. We did. We lost uh, First Ward Councilman uh, Tom Newman uh, just just prior to Christmas. And now the, uh, the council and uh, the city leaders have the unenviable task of trying to fill that seat until the next election. Uh, how, is, how is that going? That's, that's a process that not many people would have any familiarity with. Well, the process is, uh, at the last council meeting, it was agreed upon that the, uh, they can send their, uh, their resumes in uh, to Jim Casso at the city. Um, and when Jim receives it, they'll go to the council people. The council, there's basically Dave, Sean, and now you got Carl, and you got Jenna as a cook, as a council president. They will review them. I'm not in that process. I will be in that process if it's a 2-2 tie. But right now, we want to open up. We preached... So much as we went around about, uh, you know, uh, being open, being upfront, transparency. So let's prove it. So let's have everybody submit them by the 13th. Once they're submitted, they'll be reviewed. By the 18th, the decision will be made at that council meeting. It may be three to one. Then I don't even get involved, okay? But it may be two to two, and I do have a choice. So I will be reviewing them also in case that does happen, but... Uh, Again, I, I think if the council people, which I know they will, 
make the decision on somebody's heart in the right place to work for the better of the citizens of this community, whether it's a Republican, Democrat, or conservative, I think as long as their heart's in the right spot, I have no problem. They have some very, very big shoes to fill. So They do. Uh, uh, Tom was a, uh, a, a rebel, uh, and he always had a good cause. And uh, But Tom was the only and a lone Republican on that uh, council for the longest, you know, two years. And uh, now Tom's gone, and now Carl may be the lone Republican. You don't know. But I don't want to play that political game. I don't even want to be involved in it. I'm a business person. Uh, as a mayor of the city of Tonawanda, working generating relationships with the council, uh, the networking with local communities, every event and people uh, around here I want to work with. And once you set those relationships up, it's just going to be much easier to uh, run different things. Oh, my God, John, I remember talking to you. How can I help you? That's how you set those up. That's what I'm doing. I'm excited about doing it. I'm having fun doing it, and I'm looking forward to continuing. Uh, last but not least, uh the senior center, the senior van, these things are reopening. Um, you know, you got people are, are coming back out and, and, and things are becoming more involved. I know that you have lots of development plans and things going on. Uh, anything coming down the road for the seniors to look forward to? You know, the seniors, in fact, I got a meeting coming up tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock uh, uh, in regards to that. We're, we're looking for money. We're looking for uh, funds. We're looking for things that, to increase it. some of the cost money. And we're looking into those things right now. Looking at ideas. There's a lot of good ideas. Uh, Kelly's over there. She's doing a great job. Uh, Mandy uh, and her talk all the time. And they've got people over there that want to do things. And that's the key. They want to do things. So, you know what? We will work our tail off to try to make things happen for them. So, we'll see what happens. Them, we're trying to help the uh, all the veterans associations. Uh, the uh, possible assessments are coming up. They're not going to be applicable to 2023. The first assessment increase will come in the school tax in 2023. So you're not going to see nothing in 2022. So, but we we got a lot of work to do. We do. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody is uh, keeping their eyes on this because there's our great things coming up here in the city of Tonawana. Uh, Mary White, I want to thank you for coming down and joining us today on our, our premiere of uh, Talk of Tonawanda. And uh, I know you got a, a very busy schedule, but thank you so much for coming down and sharing your time and, uh, and your, uh, your input with Frankly, us. Frankly, thank you for doing this, and I hope this gets out to a lot of people. Without having a newspaper, there's not a lot of uh, notice we can get out to the public, so we appreciate this. Thank you, Frank. Uh, my uh, co-host Carl had another appointment. He had to jump on out, but by, on my, for myself and on behalf of Carl uh, and everybody here at Ataka Tonawana, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you more on the next podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon.